Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for soul growth. Come journey with us through astrology's energetic cycles and get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I am Sue Rose Minahan, host and founder of Top Cosmos, and today is November. It's November, and it is the, what the heck is it? It is the 5th. Yes. No, it's not. I said 12th, and I, forgive me, but the new moon that we're talking about is happening like within hours of everybody. And it's very balsamic. So perhaps that's why for myself, I'm catching up a lot. Besides, we've just finished the eclipse season. And that's only in its immediate intensity. And in some ways, the aftermath can seem almost as such. It's not that we're working with all the elements ping-ponging at us, but we're incorporating what their meaningfulness was, somehow reframing the picture because the picture went out and it came back again. And maybe it's not exactly in the same, it's a little bit askew, or maybe it's a brand new picture, whatever it is. But this is a perfect timing because the Scorpio new moon is all about growth, that hunger for new growth, to discard what's not working, what isn't giving us empowerment. And we have that drive for empowerment to make these changes. And in fact, thanks to my great crew with Justin Elsie, Justin Crockett Elsie and Elizabeth Mouchette, we came up with this empowered drive for change. So let's get, well, let's see. Is there something else I can add? It's an intentional purpose. It's always that seed moment. In a sense, it's brand new not quite trusting what it is, but yet eager to grow, eager to do it. So we have a lot to discard and a lot to change. Okay, we're ready now for archetypal symbols. Synthesizing the new moon consciousness through archetypal Sabian symbols, numerology, lunar mansions, tarot, and astrology, all together illuminating a new moon vision story, this is your Archetypal Symbols panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, collaborating with guests weekly since 2018. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, consultant, workshop facilitator, and lecture speaker. I'm a Dwarf Planet University graduate, charter member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club. I have an AA degree and a fine arts music degree in jazz. I'm a certified color energy life coach, a writer, artist, musician, and ardent mythologist, a student of esoteric philosophies and life. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, a professional astrologer, intuitive, numerologist, and tarot reader. I'm a certified sacred healing counselor, providing nurturing in-depth consultations for individuals and couples. I'm an author, blogger, speaker, and international Reiki master and teacher. I create safe space in which to explore the deeper patterns of your life, to clarify your current circumstances, and help you find your best path forward. And I'm Justin Crockett-Elsey, an archetypal Jyotish astrologer, 
yoga and meditation teacher and author. I combine both Western ancient astrology and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology, and I specialize in predictive, electional, and karmic astrology for individuals and couples. I also do in-depth astrological research into arcane astrological concepts, focusing on the mystical, occult side of astrology. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. And that's why it's called the present. Just in time for the season, huh? Unwrap those pumpkins and turkey or gifts or bells, right? <laughs> the holidays arise in some fashion. Hi, Justin, and hi, Liz. It's great to be back. Justin, you're muted. Yes. Hi. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Very I didn't good. Mute myself. Somebody else did. <laughs> oh, that's okay. In fact, we had a little sound back here too. You, you know, immediately as I was reviewing, now we hadn't talked about this and we don't have our slides up, but the fact is, is that we had a solar eclipse at 21 degrees that we covered last time in Libra. And interestingly, for the United States of America, which we are citizens of, although this is an international affair, it's cosmic as far as the globe goes, our rising sign for the East Coast, which signifies the country, is also at 21 degrees Libra. And it's that duality. I was just thinking with the death card that we're going to talk up, I'm kind of blowing our cannon open here or whatever. Uh, but it is a lot of duality as far as like taking some of the framework and just re-picturing it. I don't know if both of you thought, but I guess I'll bring it up and, well, perhaps, okay, maybe we're ready for our slides here and we'll just go on. And I do want to mention to people, it is standard time, my last slides. And I think that's what prompted me to say that because I was staring at that large slide going, oh my gosh, it says daylight time. No, we're in standard time and it's. Uh, GM Greenwich Mean Time, not British Summer Time. So I'm just thinking we're bridging a lot. Oh, and also it, to be exact, which I'm a Virgo rising, 20 degrees Scorpio and 43 minutes for new moon. So 44 is close or 42, but it's actually 43 minutes. All right. Well, Liz's is a lightpath.com and for her website and justin is his name justin crockett elsie and you can reach both of them there whoops why is it on the 18th one that's interesting how can we get back to the first well it's just you know what we're it's a balsamic time we're kind of in the twilight of uh i am twilight of thinking we're about 12 hours away from the new moon, so. <laughs> it is true. We ch I chose archetypal symbols as a name just to introduce this panel's concept because we use symbolic systems in synthesizing them because the new moon is a consciousness that wants to uh, envision our intention. It's that story. Yes, 
if either of you have comments to mention. No, that sounds good. I like no, how good. you say that. And I had a beautiful picture of the moon here, but as our sound engineer producer brought up, well, you can't see the new moon anyway. So use your imagination. That's what symbolic energy is. It's right now it is 23, 20 degrees, 43 minutes of Scorpio, a fixed water sign of deep emotion. It's psychic. It goes between the hidden things. It's hunger for growth. It's intense perceptive. It's power versus powerlessness. Perfect opportunity for empowered change. And as Liz, you said, representing renewal. Anything else you want to add? No. No. So in numerology, as using our first symbolic system, uh, two. Two plus zero equals like the sun and the moon, right? A new moon. Yeah, yes, so exactly, exactly. It's a lot really, about partnership and duality and balance, cooperation and intuitiveness. Yes, very Libra, self and other. Mm -hmm. Very yes. much like how we worked on our last one, but this time it's amazingly that it... it because I love relating. How is it the same? How is it different? Well, a Scorpio is relationship, but it is very intense. It's where you're meted in this undying exchange of, of resources, but yet it's 20. So it's still something, something about it is still self and other. And as you, with all your just you know, I wanted, one of the things, if I might interject here, mm -hmm. that, you know, you're talking about that Scorpio about relationship. I always tell people cancers are learning about emotions of self. Scorpio energy is about relationships with others and emotions and relationship with others. And, of course, Pisces is about our relationships and our subconscious and the collective. Mm. So that's that's why, you know, as we look at this uh, Scorpio, I like how you put their uh, relationship with self and other. It's about the emotions and our relationships. Perfect. Thank you. The tarot. Many astrologers, we use the tarot. It's a metaphysical system. And it's the 13th trump card of death that signifies change. Liz, go ahead. Well, in the dying of the old, it's like, uh, last night is gone. It died. And now we have today. So <laughs> it can be very small amount um, mm -hmm. making way for the new and space for growth. Which we absolutely need, don't we? Mm -hmm. If we don't let go of something, the cup just keeps running and running and running over. Just exactly. Yeah, the, the death card is misunderstood a lot. And of course, immediately in our consciousness. But that's only because we think, perhaps I want to suggest, as I often try to suggest, any concentration or conditioning we have with form, which is where we live, we're incarnated. But it isn't the only existence. It's only a small portion. Many metaphysical systems say it's 1%, maybe 5% of the whole. That's kind of awesome to think about. Even Earth. If you consider water, which is form, but it's liquid, with earth, earth is only one-third, 72 maybe percent 
of the whole globe. So it, it that's that seventy two percent comes around again and again and again. You know, an atom has mostly space, very little nucleus, the protons and and neutrons around the. Anyway, on and on and on. Space, space for growth. Okay. <laughs> then there's chakras. Justin, perhaps you want to. Yeah, then the chakras in, in either Eastern astrology or Western astrology, tropical astrology, there's what's called the lunar mansions. And these are the constellations behind the constellations with the stars. And so in this particular Nashakra, and it's actually Vishaka is the Nashakra on uh, on for this particular um, moon. That's the lunar mansion is Vishaka Pada Two. That's the section it's in, and the keyword themes for this is really about uh, change, and uh, it's it's called the Star of Purpose, and the ruling deities for this are Indra which is the god of transformation, storms, and lightning, and Agni, which is the god of fire. So, and the ruling planet is uh, Jupiter. So we're looking at this star as um, being, you know, just fixated on drive for change. And, and there's a persistence and determination that comes with this particular star associated with this, this, um, this moon, this new moon that we're dealing with. How absolutely beautifully correlated change, determination, that drive, the persistence in relationship. It's really engaging to consider the energies. And fascinating to think of the two gods there, Agni, god of fire, which I'm beginning to realize. So is, of course, that, is that, that like that spark of spirit that wants to Transform and the right. lightning. Too. Right. And Indra is the god of storms, lightning, god of transformation. And so that's that's the kind of energy, if you can kind of put that in an archetypal mm -hmm. view, that's the kind of energy with this uh, new moon that we're dealing with. And that's why, the, of course, you, we, you know, Liz and you and I came up with this and, you know, inspired or inspired change and drive for this this show. Yeah, no, I thank you very much. It's it's just fantastic. In fact, Liz and I are taking a class with Alan Clay about the dwarf planets. And one of the dwarf planets, this is the subject of it, is Varuna, which is about your sovereignty. And interestingly, in that myth, somehow this relates, the uh, uh, Varuna in the Indian Indian culture was a supreme god of all of the waters, of everything. But as it was, he didn't really answer to the call of the people that were worried because the flowing rivers had been taken away by someone that wanted it. But the fact is he knew that, and I say he knew that the flowing waters could never be constrained. Water flows, it just circulates, it's gonna happen. But yet not answering to the people's the, the god of thunder revved it up. And so uh, Varuna said, okay, fine, throw your lightning bolt. And he did, and of course, released the waters and the people were very happy. But meanwhile, Varuna is now just the oceans, you know, that source. And so at any rate, I was thinking of this with lightning and fire of God, the whole 
too to find this pick uh oh i hope we don't lose oh good it is like a sourceful god is that part of it or a deity they call them deities is that right i'm it's sorry like one of the, is it is this deities this combination of deities one of the big sources of of the whole creation of sources or not no 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 we're just talking specifically about this lunar mansion and this is where okay these are the ruling deities all right well i'm i'm definitely uh merging between the twilights of, of balsamic and new moons okay so let's go on <laughs> thank you very much justin <laughs> all right Sabian symbols once again we explain they were channeled in 1925 by a spiritualist medium, Elsie Wheeler, with the companionship of astrologer Mark Edmund Jones. Each one is a spiritual essence of a picture and a story for every astrological degree. And many astrologers uh, interpret them and use them increasingly. It is a whole mystical story. And for us as others, we're going to use three, past, present, future, and we're going to begin with the charts ascendant, then the, the medium coli, which is the MC, the midheaven, and finally to the new moon itself and involving any planets that happen to be associated. We'll begin. Liz, why don't you start off here? Okay. and uh, We have the astrology chart up for the Senate, and we have 21 degrees Libra and the um, south node is at 24 and the part of fortune is at 21. And um, the degree of this is the same degree as a solar eclipse on October 14th. So it's kind of carrying that energy forward. And of course, we're talking about the astrology chart for the um, eastern part of the United States because in different locations, you'll have a different ascendant. But so. it does relate to us as a nation because, I mean, we could do a Aries chart where it just starts at zero, but I think we've concluded that as a consciousness of our nation, and, and Canada's the same. We had Canadian astrologers on because both capitals are at the East Coast. So looking at it from that standpoint. I just want to uh, uh, highlight mm -hmm. for the audience, it's really important what Liz said that that this that this is the same degree as the last solar eclipse we just had. So I love how Liz talked about how, and I think we're going to see that today, how the energies from these mm -hmm. eclipses we have is still interacting and, and, you know, affecting us and carrying out. And I like what Liz said about that. Yes, I, I and I'm glad you identified because at the very beginning, I stated this. It's a fascinating uh, um, factor. That of how that eclipse energy is following us through. And particularly when we look at Pluto, that was so highly, because I look at the charts that we had from last time, our whole slideshow, and bring it up for this time. And to see this was incredible because Pluto had many interactions, a trine, a sextile, I think uh, opposition, I'm not a sure. T-square. A, a T-square, strongly involved. But now it's all dispersed. Neptune is still involved, but in a different way. We'll see Mars is involved, but in a different way. And Pluto is still squaring the nodes. So it is really fascinating. Well, with this 
with the Eastern time, that's why I mentioned because according to the ascendant, it's 21 degrees. So 20 degrees, 21 degrees. So earlier would be 20 degrees. And it's a rabbi performing his duties. And it's that ability to draw on power from the ancestral tradition to serve and inspire our fellow men. It's inherited wisdom. Go ahead, Liz. Okay, in Libra 21 is the degree of the ascendant. Uh, a Sunday crowd enjoying the beach. Um, a mother force of nature, social togetherness. It's that feeling of the ocean. Justin? And then where we're moving towards, which is Libra 22 degrees, is a child giving birds a drink at a fountain. And what we're really talking about here is solicitude or, you know, just that social concern for other souls and relationships in our collective. So as a little story, because we're going to move into the south node because it's conjunct and it those three begin with 22 23 24 so like 22 is kind of a bridge between it so if we're looking at the past to this present our future it seems that if we're we're perhaps in would you say embracing all of well the key words inherited wisdom to, to have this experience of this wholeness and and going inward to, to renew our life with it. Yes? Would that be a good way of presenting this picture? Um, yes, and we all have our different interpretations. And I like to run them all together. So if we can sum it up after we do the next two, that would be... Yeah, I would too. Let's let's look at the next two. Okay, rather, okay, that's fine. Because so it's remembering because you're bringing well, in the, you're bringing in the south node, so we want to see what that south node says. Well, exactly, but I kind of wanted to say what the ascendant was just by itself. But that's cool. That's fine. Okay, folks, just remember that Libra twenty two with solicitude is where we're bridging from the past with it, and so for the next is. Oh, I see. 23. Okay, go ahead. A chancellor's voice heralds the sunrise. And it's a joyous response to life in its process and its renewal. Liz? And then Libra 24, where the south node is out, a butterfly with a third wing on its left side. Um, and then so developing with inner strength. And so it's a mutation. Right. And then Libra 25 is the sight of an autumn leaf brings to a pilgrim the sudden revelation of the mystery of life and death. And it's the ability through all of our life experiences to see really what the underlying cosmic meaning is. And and so in summary, and I'd love to hear what uh, both of you, Liz, says about this, but I think summarizing where you're going with this too, is that we're moving, you know, that ascendant is how we're moving into the world. And so this is really about having, um, you know, paying attention to those relationships with solicitude and, and having that oceanic feeling and a positive feeling, but really being discerning and seeing, clear seeing and, and seeing the underlying meaning as we're, we're going through this period of change. And that's the way I would summarize it. Well, I love it because this is phase two of that phase one. That's and beautiful. That's what about you? What about you, Liz? Well, it's like 
to begin with drawing from the inner wisdom and our heritage and you know with the wisdom then feel it like embrace it mm -hmm. and respond in a new way and be sure to listen and then you'll like see the truth <clears throat> yes i think ultimately the whole picture is so important because there is that mutation involved that growth process that's exactly what we were i think the title here inner drive that goes back to the vedic idea too of eliminating to have space so that we can mutate very beautiful thank you and then moving on to the midheaven where we work it into our social exterior group it's not just on our personal level doesn't have to be your career, but often that's how we see it. And it's 25 exact degrees of cancer, which is ruled by the moon. And because it is 25 degrees, we are looking at the previous 24, then 25 and 26 of cancer. 24 is a woman and two men who are castaways on a tiny small island in the South Seas. So they're working and focused on these inner potentialities that are complex, but making them harmonic into a concrete relationship because then they can have interdependence. Liz? And then the degree of the midheaven is 25 cancer. A willful man is overshadowed by a descent of superior power. Um, the response of spiritual forces to the integration of personality through positive endeavors, endowment. And then Cancer 26 is guests are reading in the library of a luxurious home. And here we have the transference of social privilege to the level of intellectual enjoyment and basically class standards of information. So the full picture, how would you relate it? Either of you, please. Well, I would say cooperation in relationship with a powerful drive, each person has a piece or pieces of information that is useful. That really uh, helps. I with, like that. I like yeah, that. Just it helps, that. It helps. <laughs> it helps with the interdependence. Yep. Yeah. That's and this all comes so back beautiful. to what we're talking about in this Libra, mm -hmm. Aries season with the nodes. Mm -hmm. It's all about relationships. And two, exactly. So it's that strength of what in Scorpio what are my resources and somebody else's? How can we have a real exchange that empowers everything? Because out of two becomes three or even more. And so and, bring it, you know, if you want to take mm -hmm. this back to where the rubber meets the road for the listeners, what they're listening to, this is right. a great time to really look at bringing positive change to your relationships in some way, right? Absolutely. It's really getting down to who am I? What is it that I need to exchange for my growth, where is it not coming back to me? And how can I really go and get new things? And we will see that there's some surprise elements because Mars is, well, we'll say it right now, opposite Uranus. And Uranus is unpredictable. It's right now. It doesn't care about the past. It's going to happen. So we have hope, right? <laughs> All right. So, Sun and moon happen to be conjunct Mars, which again is action and drive. Yes. 
Exactly. And Pluto is the modern ruler. Yep. And the Sabian symbols, we will go for four of them because of this conjunction. And it will go from 19 to 23. And I think we need to take a break. I think we will be back with this sizzle in the future. So as I say, I have a right there. Keep your flame burning, folks. We'll be back with Justin Crockett, Elsie, and Elizabeth Liz Mushan for Scorpio New Moon. Thanks. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Scorpio, traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto. By departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, November 19th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me and talk with your animals, your human loved ones on this side or the other, and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. I hope you can join us and plan to call in with your questions for either one of us or for a personal reading with Natasha. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. And to find out about upcoming programs, sign up for the newsletter at TalkCosmos.com. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in. So right off the bat, I want to remind folks, we are two great panelists here. Our mainstay on Archetypal's symbols are veteran consultants with a myriad of great skills. Liz Mouchette, you can find her at alightpath.com and she'll in a moment give what is up for her as far as her focus and in less than 30 seconds. And Elizabeth and Justin Crockett, Elsie. Yes. His website is his name, and Crockett has two T's, folks, and that's E-L-V-I-E, Z like zebra. Okay, Liz, I think you have some classes that you're talking about. Well, I'm doing some consulting work with astrology and tarot, and I've taken on a couple of um, private students, and so I'm open to taking on more because that's been going really well for me. 
and I'm working on some classes. I'm thinking it's going to go out to the first of the year now. So thank you. Well, that's great. Mentoring students is so great to have a really qualified, uh, dependable astrologer. And Justin, you're, I know you're always elaborate. Tell us just a little bit. Yeah, no, besides uh, regular uh, consultation with clients, I'm actually in the new year, we'll have a a course on mediumship because I'm writing a book Mm -hmm. on the astrology of mediums and mediumship. And so a lot of the classwork and and data will go into the book. And so if there's a person out there that's interested in mediumship, but also astrology, uh, it'll be in the new year and it'll be announced on my website when it comes about. Wonderful. Oh, this is exciting. I, I oh my goodness. I'm taking Jason Holly's Odyssey mythology for 12 weeks. I have to read the book, which I've always wanted to do, or else I think, oh, I'll be your student. But wonderful. Okay, let's go back to this. It is the sun, moon, and Mars. So we're gonna doing 19 degrees of the Sabians all the way to 23. We have a big story here. And it starts off with 19 degrees, the past. A parrot's repeating its conversation. It overhears. And we transmit transcendental knowledge. It's channeling ship, which is, hey, talk about mediums. Thank you. Go ahead, Liz. And then the 20 degree Scorpio, where the sun and moon are at at this moment, or for the new moon, a woman draws away two dark curtains, closing the entrance to a sacred pathway. Um, the revelation of the human consciousness. Um, plunge ahead into the unknown. And then Scorpio 21 degrees is obeying his conscience. A soldier resists order, orders. And what we have here is, is this type in a personality where a person refuses to follow authoritarian patterns or in society. So it has a little bit of a energy of inner freedom in, in our situations and events. Sounds a little bit like the United States with our uh, moon in Aquarius and maybe a Sagittarius rising. Freedom in some <laughs> way. The identity. any rate, uh, and Scorpio 22, hunters shooting wild ducks. Now, this is going moving into the Mars situation. It's merging with it. Socially accepted release of an individual or group's aggressive instincts. So we're socializing these instincts. And I suppose Justin or Liz? Go ahead, Liz. Scorpio 23, a rabbit metamorphosizes into a nature spirit. Um Animal drives to a higher level. Um, transubstantiation. Um, I think of it as shapeshift. Justin, any feedback? Well, well, no, you know, I think it's interesting as I was sitting here listening to these, these Sabian symbols, this represents where that sun and moon and Mars is, is sitting. I, it just seems like to me it's all about movement and drive here. You know, and it, it, again, it exemplifies Mars right there with the sun and the moon, because we're talking about 
you know, plunging ahead into the unknown and I'm going to kind of obey my inner my inner guidance here. Right. And and there's this aggressiveness going forward. It's all Mars like energy. And this is what I think back to our theme of the show, empowered drive for change and that and that Nishakta, which is about determination, drive and having a purpose as we move forward with this new moon. And I think these these uh, lunar are uh, these uh, statement symbols here really are just giving us those archetypal symbols and themes that that are going to take place with this this new moon. And it's fantastic how again the shape shifting along with the very beginning of oh I had it in my mind but it's this transformation this inner work that is again shown either through the ascendant and the and the. Well, that's why we were talking about the God of transformation, or we're talking yes. about change. Shape-shifting yes. is a change or transformation. Indra, Indra and Agni, they're in my consciousness right. now. Thank you. That's very Well, and I like how the, the first one, 19, talked about the channeling. Um, and to me, it was like, listen before repeating. So it's like you have to get the information before you repeat it. Move forward in trust while enjoying the journey. When socializing, be in alignment with yourself. Perfect. Oh, we're happy. <laughs> well, okay. and, and I want to point out, I think you're I think you're onto something there, Liz, because it's like when before we take change or before we take action, which Mars asks us, or that's how we take action, you know, there's one part of that which was at it was kind of saying, Okay, I'm gonna try go by what way I feel my inner freedom, my own internal drive. But you're right that other parts say, now you kind of need to listen also to something higher in mm. order, you know, to, to, to make that change. Beautiful. That is key because otherwise I kept thinking again and again, you know, the word ego gets thrown up. But really, of course, we have to have an ego to determine how to turn on a stove or a car or anything. But it's that mercy part of us, which we can call our soul or our heart, the spirit, all of it combined. If we don't listen to about the we rather than the me always, that's where the drive becomes mowing over people. So this is, thank you for both. So, I, you know, ways. for those listening, you know, the, a good thing I always like to tell people to do on a new moon. And I'd be curious about your both of your own personal rituals, but is always like maybe some quiet meditation with a with a with a candle on a new moon like this to to get a sense of what that channeling that higher, you know, what's coming in from a higher sense and then kind of going inward to what your inward voice is saying. You know, and, and and so for people listening, that's a good moon new moon ritual is is a short meditation with a candle. You know, that's that's and what I do. Here's the candle. There's the hands in the candle. It's something I drew one time on a meditation myself. I didn't yes, do that indeed. just because you had that. <laughs> no, no, but I, but because you said it, I brought it up, and I thought, well, actually, I don't know why I. It was just intuitive to bring it up. So I mean, to put it onto the slide. Yeah. So. But I, I, was, I was just thinking kind of where Perfect. the rubber meets the road to people are listening to this or what, what are our new moon rituals that we do that can help reinforce our themes that we're giving them for the new moon? You know? Very true. Ch writing. Ch yeah, journaling. Journaling, that quiet time, the oneness, the self, where you have a chance, just as you both saying, to listen. Perfect. 
Well, and well, I agree with I, Justin. It's really important in journaling. I feel is really important. You know, it's like writing. It just feels really good. And even if you want to burn it in a safe container afterwards, it, you don't have to keep the piece of paper. Um, right. But I, I feel it's very important. Yeah, and totally. and, and I and I I would I would say you know with this there could be something in your meditation about taking action because Mars is there. You know, what yes. is the change or how should I? go forward with some action maybe with this new moon. Actually, I might suggest that just the simple energy of doing meditation is an action. And therefore, and I, it also, and I, I, we're trying to just support each other, what we're saying, but another way of doing is because not everybody is so eager to write. Unfortunately, I love to write. I do it a lot. And I do these daily uh, journaling very often, but another one to break it through is to get a circle and put a word, for instance, it could be Scorpio new moon. It could be meditation, could be whatever you choose. And then out of it, just do start brainstorming words, whatever comes, it might be father, aunt, uncle, flower, who knows? In other words, I'm trying to suggest things that make no sense so that it breaks away any conditioning because you're not thinking, you're just releasing, releasing, releasing. And you do them like rays going out of it. It's one way to brainstorm with your own inner self. And then when you're finished, then you might start writing. It breaks through. It's just a technique. It's something that's taught in some well, creative writing experiences. Some people could mm -hmm. just use a few words. And if you're a busy person, um, most people can spare three minutes to just be quiet or be by themselves for three minutes. So it's like it doesn't you don't have to have hours. You're both great sages. Thank you. <laughs> the time will begin. The earliest will be here in Hawaii it, tonight at 1127. And to be exact, all of these have 22 seconds afterwards in Hawaii. And then, interestingly, it shifts to the 13th beginning actually in the morning. I have this mixed up. It should be the but, but different times. So the point is, is that in the British Isles, it for Greenwich Mean Time, it'll be in the morning at 9.27.22. And on the East Coast, 4 in the morning, 27. And in Washington and California, the West Coast, it'll be in the early morning at 1 o'clock, 27. There's a lot of rulers, of course, with Scorpio as the modern ruler of Pluto and Mars as a traditional. And they are ruling the sun, moon, Mars, and Haumea, which are all in Scorpio. And Mars is by itself ruling Aries, which is the north node representing our karmic destiny. And Eris, which is a dwarf planet of inclusion and exclusion. They have been transiting exactly at 24 degrees since September 26th and will continue to do so all through November to the 29th. So it's pretty intense. And then Venus, co-ruling Libra and for the South Node, and the chart ruler for the United States, and in Taurus, two planets, Jupiter and Uranus. Shall I go on? 
Yeah, you can do the next slide. Yeah. So here they are generally in a, which people can see. But the highlights, there's activating, driven, which are hard aspects as we refer to them, in a conjunction just by themselves, Sun, Moon, and Mars, along with Ceres, the dwarf planet, they're conjunct. But meanwhile, they're all opposite Uranus in Taurus on the opposite sides. And Mer can I say mm -hmm. something about that? Absolutely. I mean, because I think I think this is, and some you know, as other astrologers are going to point this out, the importance of that Mars uh, opposition to Uranus. I think that's really kind of something of you're saying, hey, what's really driving some change right now? That's one of the big drivers at, at this kind of short window here is that Mars opposing Uranus here. And it's, again, we're sort of still in that what we were in the last couple of years when the nodes were in Taurus and Scorpio. We're still in this. Uh, we're still having yeah. some evaluation going on here about some type of, of resources, probably relationships as a resource or something else. But there is some evaluation and change. That's a driving change. Mars Uranus. And about survival and money. You're absolutely right. It's pivotal. And it really is. If we were to simplify everything, the, a driving force. Thank you. Well, and I would pay attention to your investments and, you know, how you're spending money, how you're saving money. Um, is it doable what you're doing? But just kind of pay attention. Don't let somebody else do it for you because they might not be paying attention. Right. It's very important, particularly because right now is that cardinal T-square with Pluto, which has been squaring the lunar nodes for I don't know, maybe half a year, four months, long period of time, going before they changed into Aries and Libra prior to that in Scorpio and, and Taurus. But right now, with that opposition of with Aries and Aries really wanting us to be the whole self, nothing but the whole self, right? What's really valuable with our resources and things. You can jump in. I, when I start pausing like that, I'm sorry. Okay, let's get I on. think we're done with that. We're kind of yeah. That's horse, fine. Yeah. Okay, onward. Here we have it. There it is. What do you have well, to say? And then we can talk about the Mercury square Saturn too, because that yeah. wasn't on yeah, the other side. That was what I was wanting to bring up. Thank you very much. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Well, I was going to say about that Mercury square Saturn. I mean, this is, you know, this is really kind of indicative of all this polarization right now. I mean, it is a sort of a short window because Mercury moves fast, but it may bring to the surface some more tension with the way people are thinking. And so it does uh, question us, you know, back to that meditation of kind of going inward and 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 really kind of reevaluating what we're thinking with Mercury squaring Saturn there. And I think it's a great force for imagination. Saturn in Pisces, there aren't any limits. The boundaries are free. Now you can decide while you're thinking what has illusion and what has fantasy. But fantasy is where it all begins. It's just a matter of tethering it to some sense of reality that you can drive and pursue with and make steps towards. And with thinking in Sagittarius, it's also like the beyond. I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah. 
Liz, did you have any comments? Um, no. Um, Saturn, there might be like a little bit of friction there with the Mercury because Mercury and Sagittarius, um, yeah. sometimes the Sagittarius energy is their truth and not the truth. So, right. And, you know, sometimes it's not that big of a, a line to cross or get outside of, but sometimes it could be a big line to get out of. So um, perhaps <laughs> if you're stopped by a policeman, don't tell a lie because you're probably going to get in big trouble. Good question. Good. And this really brings a valuable point because I was thinking very internally, not externally with those relationships. What we're doing too, which is self and other. And you're absolutely right. If you're working with the external and you have, that's where, you, if I'm hearing both of you, that in Sagittarius, we can be very opinionated. Oh, it's my, my opinions, of course. But yet the beauty about Saturn in Pisces, it breaks down the barriers. It's dissolving things. You may not like it, but that's how it's doing it. So on a personal basis, there's a lot of freedom in that. Working with the external, that's a good point to bring out. But what would be the there's all these three really strong energy so that opposition with uranus it's breaking away new innovative or unexpected if we haven't been listening maybe we it'll take us a lot of time to rebalance the puzzle pieces or recreate yeah. them but that's what pluto wants yep so now we got some other aspects we're going to talk about too, right? Yes, sir. And, and here change, they are. Change isn't necessarily bad, so yeah. No, no. There's help from our friends, and here they are, flowing harmonious energy. Mercury, besides this square with Saturn, is sextile Venus. So Mercury saying, "Okay, let's work together and figure out what our values are. Let's think together. What's beautiful? What's going to have some." Because that's ruling the south node. If we have to eliminate something, what is it? You know, because south node does represent where maybe we're over uh, extended in that experience. And we need to incorporate some of this assertiveness. But how are we going to do that? Go ahead, Justin, with the Neptune, perhaps. No, I, I wasn't going to say anything about that. Go, go ahead, Liz. So Neptune trying, is trying the Sun, Moon, Mars, and Ceres. So can we go to the chart? Well, we can. And I want to bring up that just to bring up for folks right now on our consciousness level, that Sun, Moon, Mars, and Ceres are all, also opposite Uranus. So while they're having this unexpected suddenness of immediacy of what's happening now, whether you like it or not, and innovative and maybe sparking things with Mars and Uranus, like firecrackers, there's also this trine. They're all in water. This is huge. It is big, very big. <laughs> that's a strong energy. Want to say more? Well, and with these trines and um, sextiles, there's a lot of water energy. So feelings and emotion... Yeah. And heart energy can be very strong. Right. And and I want to also, I just want to make sure we get in here before we have, uh, before we run out of time here, is this Jupiter trying Judo. Because we're talking about relationships. And Jupiter 
and and Juno, which was the wife of Jupiter, represents marriage or relationship. And we got this easy flow of energy between Jupiter, which is retrograding right now and evaluating some values with those relationships. And um, and, and then, of course, Juno's in Virgo right now. And it's in Juno and Virgo is all about perfection and cleaning house with relationship. So I think this whole Jupiter training Juno is really kind of one of those pillars of relationships that we're talking about right now here. Yeah, Liz agreed with you 100%. Oh, I totally That's agree. Beautiful. Pay attention to who you're partnering with. Good point. And Saturn trining Hamea. Hamea is all, they're both water again. And Saturn in Pisces breaking down the barriers is one point of saying and perhaps concerned with homelessness and the, the land, I mean, nature and, and more. Um, the prisoners, you know, all of these elements. But in Hamea is rebirth, and it's aggressive rebirth. It's rebirth in every fashion. She's the mother of Pele. And so there's another dynamic. And Hamea is going to, she's right at one or zero degrees, depending how she toggles, because it's a long three to 500 year cycle. I can't quite remember unless you remember, Liz. Not off the top of my head. But oh, yeah, it, we mm -hmm. go ahead. But like we, we keep talking about relationships and I know that we have one to one relationships and group relationships. But I'm thinking the relationship we have to Mother Earth yes. uh, is really important and paying attention to the water. I would say um, the water is a big thing right now because we have all this water energy in the chart. It you know has that reflective or archetypal symbology with the water of the Earth, too. So this relationship with the earth. It is. And like my story with Varuna, which I don't remember where it is in the chart. I don't think I have it here. It's in maybe Capricorn now. Oh, I shouldn't say that. But the point is the flowing waters. So that's like taking Scorpio. It melts. And then it becomes like the icebergs into the ocean and then it rises and comes up into the earth and it fertilizes, you know, like cancer and Pisces. And like you were saying, our different relationships with water, but it's that feelings and the waters itself. I'm finished. And Scorpio How would you each about, like? Scorpio to me is about deep relationships, you know, not just a superficial relationship. It's more intense. It is. Yeah. We have a moment. Go ahead, Justin. No, I would just say again, you know, back to our theme of the show, Empowered Drive for Change, that there's a, that, that people are going to have drive right now. And that is about really listening to your inner self and higher self to what, what you need to make changes in relationships right now. We'll oh, see you next month at the new moon. <laughs> Well, for Sagittarius, that's right. And thank you, everybody. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, our listeners. And we go forward into this holiday time, making some really hopeful birth, opening up space, and being concerned about how we do things, right? It's that yeah. personal zone. Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining an insightful conversation on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests awaken consciousness by connecting soul growth patterns with astrology's energetic cycles. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.